You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly into your brains, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, AJ Andrews of jsernicatch.com, and, you know, players just keep getting released, and I keep just, like, getting super gushy over the prospect of bringing them to Toronto. It's bad. It's it's definitely a buyer's market when it comes to free agency this season at the rate that some players are just getting declined left and right, and... Late Saturday night, another name was added to the list of available free agents. And I know there are already members of the Blue Jays fan base on Twitter that are very excited to see it. Um, and also just people who are a fan of really bad trades. Also very happy to see it. Um... The Pirates have declined the option on Chris Archer. Would have been an $11 million option. They said no. The trade for Austin Meadows and Tyler Glass now officially looks like absolute garbage. Good work, Pittsburgh. Um, But yeah, so Chris Archer is now a free agent. And I mean... BJ's fans obviously remember what he did while he was in Tampa Bay before he got traded. He was pretty effective, even if the teams around him weren't. But in seven years with Tampa, he had a 369 ERA in 179 career games. He had three career shutouts, which in in this day and age, that's that's pretty good. I mean No one gets to go that deep anymore. So Archer had a reputation as a guy who could go distance, give innings. And that bore out when he faced the Blue Jays. He actually has 25 career starts against the Blue Jays more than any other team. 7-4 with a 301 ERA. 155 and a third innings pitch in 25 starts. So he averaged over six innings a start against the Blue Jays. 167 strikeouts. So he was good. He was super good. 106 whip against Toronto. The problem is that he was he was already on the downslope when Tampa Bay decided to move on and it just cratered in Pittsburgh last year. Well, yeah, no, last year, technically, it was two, 2019 when he last pitched. He opted out of the 2020 season. Totally don't blame him. But he definitely stumbled in 2019. A 3-9 record for Pittsburgh, a 519 ERA in 23 starts. Only lasted 119 and two-thirds innings. So well below his, his average innings per game mark. The strikeouts were still there, 143 strikeouts, but... The big concern with Archer in 2019 was the rise of his walks. 55 walks. He gave up 25 home runs. You can't have those extra runners on base. And, again, I keep going to that fielding independent pitching metric. 
it was the highest he'd ever been, 502. Uh, highest whip of his career, highest walk rate of his career, um, at four, a little over four walks per nine innings. Not great. So the strikeout to walk ratio was very much out of whack. But I don't think that's deterring a lot of Blue Jays fans. You just remember, you know, how good he was. And wondering if the Blue Jays shouldn't just sign him. See if they can rekindle that magic. Well, the problem with Archer is the problem with a lot of pitchers. He hasn't learned yet how to pitch with reduced velocity. Um, back in 2017, when he was, you know, still very dominant as a pitcher, that was his second all-star year. Made 34 starts at a 4.07 ERA that year. Um, Archer was still averaging 96 miles per hour on his fastball. That's great if you can do that long term. But the second he got to Pittsburgh, it started dipping a bit. It went to 95 in 2018. And then in 2019, topped out at 94. So he's already lost a couple ticks off his fastball. And at the same time, his changeup started flattening out as well. When he was in that 2017 campaign, he was averaging about 86 miles per hour on his changeup. And when you have that difference in your changeup, that's what makes it really effective. But they started getting closer together. When he was in Pittsburgh in 2019, his changeup averaged about 87, 88 miles per hour. So a six mile per hour difference is a lot easier to deal with than a 10 mile per hour difference. And, you know, he he tried to start working on things. He started trying to work in a sinker just to, just to fool some batters. But, you know, he's a guy who definitely pitches off that, that fastball slider changeup combination. And he just wasn't seeing the results. He also tried to work in a curveball to try and throw another thing at hitters, but again, was not getting the results he wanted out of it. And it's just really tough to bounce back. And and like he tried throwing that change up more. Like I said, back in 2017, he was averaging about, you know, 9% of his pitches were change ups. He was relying on that fastball slider combination. In Pittsburgh, that bumped up to about 13%. So he got less confident in his slider and started trying to fool with that changeup a little more and it wasn't working. But the fact that Archer recognizes this and is actually trying to do things to change things up now that his fastball is starting to decline a bit makes me think that this is an opportunity for the Blue Jays to strike and and get a potentially high ceiling starter on a cheap deal. And there is precedent for this even this year. We saw the Blue Jays acquire Robbie Ray at the deadline from Arizona. Robbie Ray at the time was walking more batters than anyone else in the National League. Yet they saw something there and they worked with him. And by the end of the season, Ray had improved to the point where, you know, they were relying on him in playoff games and he was acquitting himself well. Um, Remember in game one, he went three innings, gave up a run, didn't end up being the winning run. That was AJ Cole, but he looked a lot more confident in his stuff once he got to Toronto. So 
that gets people thinking, well, does that mean that they could have similar success with Crypt Archer and get another guy who potentially could give six innings if the injury problems have settled? Because that was another thing with Archer um, when he was in Pittsburgh. He was marred by injuries. And it really... um, it really threw him off, and it's not—it's not a a thing that kind of corrects itself very quickly. Um, it is thoracic outlet syndrome, which is the same thing that happened to Matt Harvey, and we've seen Matt Harvey pitch, and it's not good at all. Um, however, another guy who had a similar issue was Chris Carpenter. And, you know, Carpenter was able to pitch a little bit later into his career uh, than Matt Harvey appears to be able to. But, you know, it, it remains to be seen whether or not Archer can actually bounce back to that level. Because he was able to do that in St. Louis. As, as Blue Jays fans remember... Carpenter left Toronto and all of a sudden became a Cy Young winner. So, they'd love to be on the receiving end of that kind of turnaround for Archer. But, if the Blue Jays are looking at making larger commitments elsewhere to their team, maybe signing a former Cleveland closer who has hit the market and might be, you know, a good fit for that bullpen. Sign Brad Hand already. Just do it. I don't care. But Archer makes sense on the other end of that spectrum because if you pay that kind of money for Brad Hand, obviously that takes away money from trying to shore up the rotation or, you know, look for a fourth outfielder or a backup infielder or or a third baseman, whatever the plans are for Mark Shapiro and Ross Atkins this offseason. So they have the capital to make a big move, but... The savvy teams win with those sly pickups on the side. Finding those guys who who are kind of buried a little bit. I mean, we saw the Rays do it and almost win a World Series for it. But the Dodgers also were able to do that as well with guys like Kike Hernandez and Chris Taylor. And um, just their bevy of bullpen arms that they threw at Tampa Bay. So you need both. And Chris Archer is one of those guys where, you know, you know you're taking the gamble. You're trying to see if you can get that all-star pitcher. But if he pays off, you know, similar to, to Taiwan Walker coming back after two years on an injury layoff. That's the risk you're taking. And again, maybe the Blue Jays don't do that. Maybe they give Taiwan Walker the money. I'm not opposed to that either. But he represents an opportunity to buy low, not have to shell out money for guys who do not have a very high ceiling to begin with. And yes, I'm talking about you, Tanner Roark. Freaking $12 million. What are you doing for it? Being mouthy. Don't need it. By buying low on that option... The Blue Jays have a better shot at yielding those higher rewards 
that would get them into a tighter playoff. And we don't know what the playoff structure is in 2021. But, I mean, if if Manfred wants to keep it at eight teams, obviously that makes Toronto's path a lot easier. But if it tightens up again, and if there's more of a fight for Toronto, then they need a gamble or two like this to pay off. They need that surprise contributor. And Archer probably has the best chance out of anyone in free agency to outperform his contract that he signs. Because he's not going to get a major deal. He's not going to get $11 million. He, he might get $4 million, if that. Might be some incentives on there. But that's the kind of move where if it pays off, it's great. And if not, you wave him, you send him packing. And you promote one of the kids. I don't know. It's just something the Blue Jays need to think about. I know um, I know Liz, uh, a fan of the show, is very much on board with bringing him in. So that that is for you, Liz. I'm, I'm with you. I think it would be a smart pickup. We'll see if the Blue Jays do it. I have talked a lot so far. Um, so I better refuel with a Bilt Bar. Um, Bilt Bars are delicious and improved with new flavors that you can love, like caramel brownie, cookies and cream, carrot cake, and apple almond crisps joining original flavors like coconut almond, peanut butter, double chocolate, and toffee almond. They're all coated in 100% chocolate, they're soft, they're easy to chew, they're great if you're one of those health-conscious people um, because you can lose or maintain your weight while having a delicious treat because they're low-calorie, low-sugar, they're high in protein, they're high in fiber. If you're doing that keto thing, it's great for that. So get yourself to BuiltBar.com, pick out the Built Bars that you want. I like getting a sample because I like, you know, just having variety. Um, but use the promo code Locked On. To make sure you get 20% off your next order. So again, promo code locked on, all one word, for 20% off at builtbar.com. You are locked on Blue Jays, your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so um, not the first time I've seen fan uh, wanting to try and acquire players. Um, I actually did get a tweet last week from a listener to the show, TJ Robinson at Dr. TJ Styles, which very classy name. Um, he asked me what he thought it would take to get either or both of the Naylor brothers and or Seth Beer from Arizona. It's a really good question, TJ. Thank you for sending that in. Unfortunately, I'm not going to have a happy answer for you. Um, Both Nailers are now in Cleveland. Josh Naylor went in the Mike Clevenger deal from San Diego to Cleveland. His brother, Bo, already there. Cleveland's showing they need cheap talent. And they want to keep their cheap talent. And two of the places they need their cheap talent are outfield and catcher. So it's not looking likely that either of them are going to be available. Josh um, 
made 22 appearances after the trade this season. Batted 230, didn't go yard, but seems to be settling into left field for Cleveland and playing first base. So that seems to be where he's at. And given that Cleveland just let uh, Carlos Santana and Domingo Santana go loose, it looks like Josh has one of the spots locked up. So I don't think Josh is going to be available at all. Bo Naylor, I can't see the Blue Jays going for it because catcher is one of the only places where they are definitely set. They're probably actually looking to trade away Reese McGuire. So, and and with Gabe Moreno and Riley Adams still in the system, Riley Adams actually needs to be protected from the Rule 5 draft. Um, I just do not see them going after Bo Naylor when they're already well-stocked for catchers in the system. So, so both Naylor brothers, I'm sorry, they're probably sticking around in Cleveland. Um, Seth Beer is interesting. He's probably the most likely of the three that the Blue Jays could get. For those of you who don't know, uh, Beer's a left fielder in the Arizona system. He also plays first base. Another one of these combo first base corner outfield guys. Um, the problem with trying to acquire Beer is that he was just traded last year, much like Naylor. Um, he went to Arizona in the Zach Greinke deal from Houston as part of that haul with Corbin Martin and J.B. Bukaskis and Josh Rojas. So it's not in Arizona's best interest to give up on him so quickly. However, Seth Beer, obviously, uh, his value has taken a bit of a hit with the move to first base. And if you look at his splits pre and post trade in 2019... Uh, he was batting 299 with 16 home runs for Corpus Christi. Um, that's Houston's AA affiliate at the time. So he looked really good. However, once he got to Jackson, which is Arizona's AA affiliate at the time, batted 205, only had one home run in 24 games. So he had, went from 16 and 63 to 1 and 24. All of a sudden, the power was gone, the contact was gone. Um, his OPS plummeted over 300 points. So it really depends how much uh, the Diamondbacks put stock into that performance. And it doesn't look like they do. Um, he was invited to spring training and spring 2.0. Didn't end up making the team, but he was on their alternate training site. So um, Arizona does seem to think that beer can still be a contributor. Obviously they're, they're rebuilding. So they're going to be a little ways away anyway, but yeah, beer is the most likely one to go. And, and I would have to think the Blue Jays would need to dip into their pitching stocks and it may require like one of the good young pitchers. Like this isn't going to be, um, a, a throwaway kind of acquisition uh, in order to get a person who was, even though he was not good in Jackson, was named double, a double-A all-star for Baseball America in 2019. So, uh, TJ, it's going to be very difficult to get any of them. I don't see Josh, I don't see any of the nailers moving, and Seth Beer is probably going to stay put in Arizona. I think they're going to try and bring him up at some point next year, just to see if they can start building up that outfield again. 
Um, but thank you for the question. Greatly appreciated. Um, if anyone else has a question they want answered on the program, feel free to send me a tweet. Uh, my handle is at a underscore J underscore Andrews. The underscores are there because Twitter is dumb, but it lets you talk to me. So I guess that's all right. Um, you can subscribe to the podcast on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you find podcasts. Make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss an episode. And you can follow the podcast on Twitter and Facebook at Locked on Cheese. And yeah, we will start kind of diving into player reviews, I think, in November. I'm going to try and get some help doing that because, I mean, I can't have eyes on the team 24-7. So we may need to bring in some outside consultants to really go over things. So um, look forward to that in the future. We'll start grouping people off and start, you know, analyzing what they bring to the table for the Blue Jays in the future. So until then, for everyone at the Locked On Podcast Network and everyone at jaysrunacouch.com, I'm Angie Andrews. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode. And y'all take care.